Demons Discuss, take 30, the one with the non-berserker. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We're your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Hi. And what are we talking about, Jean? Galloglass. Nothing but. Yay! That's to be determined. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's almost as bad as an okay. I'm trying to (laughs) represent, you know, make it fair, because not everyone in the fandom feels that way. True. Yes. Yes, everybody assumes Gal Glass is so loved, and he is loved by the majority, yeah. but you know. Yes, but the, those who don't feel the same way about him shouldn't be made to feel badly about it. Right. That's right. We're, we're, we're representing. Exactly. All right. We're going to go through an outline. We're going to try to. So yes. let's try this. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. We are going to try this. So number one, Gal Glass. The History. Number two, Galloglass and Shadow of Night. Number three, Galloglass and the Book of Life. Number four, Galloglass Fan Reception. And that's it. And if yeah. everything goes right and we drive our wagon straight, this should go great, right? <laughs> yes. I already see. Famous last words. I see flares up ahead and road sign, beware of slippery road when we get to oh, the book of life. I see it already. Gonna, they're they're going to throw out the, the stop tax before yeah. we're all done, I think. Because we're going to drive it like we stole it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so which one of you wants to start out with Galloglass the history? That would be I'll our start. historian, yes, historian Gene. <laughs> yes. Oh, great, thanks. <laughs> I would be the anti-historian. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I figured we'd start out with his name because ball names are important, right? Yes, correct. Yes. Galloglass really isn't his name. It's a nickname. What? Yes. That is not mm. his given name is Sorley, but I'll get to that in a minute. Let's let's talk about the whole Gallo Glass thing. Okay. Okay. Gallo Glass is actually a thing. It's not a person. Gallo Glass were mercenaries from the Norse Gaelic clans of Scotland. It was basically a way for younger sons of the nobility to have a job, to have a place to serve. They were an elite class of soldiers, very good at what they do and very fierce. And they first show up in the history when they arrived in Ireland as part of a dowry. <laughs> Imagine that in the 13th, uh, wow. 13th century. And this also ties into some of the hints that we get later on about Galloglass's home. The dowry was part of Dougal McSorley's daughter. And McSorley was the king of the Outer Hebrides. And she married Aid O'Connor, who was the king of the Connaught. And they used the Galloglass to kind of consolidate their power. And they continued on and basically were like it out for use. Right. Uh, so what do they, what do they say? Here's my the dowry from my daughter. Here's some jewels and some cash and some gallow glass also. Well, if you think about it, if you, do you remember Marie Antoinette? Yes. The movie? Yes. When mm-hmm. she was sent, to, she was sent along and part of her dowry was she supplied servants. Oh, okay. Servants were supplied as part of her dowry. And in this case, they supplied soldiers as part of her dowry. Hey, that's so useful. I, I think it's more useful than a lady who can fix your hair, quite frankly, but especially if you're talking about, you know, 13th century Ireland and Scotland. I mean, yeah, 
heck yeah. I'm sure the daughter's like, hey, thanks, Dad. Yeah, and, and another interesting <laughs> thing is, too, is they ended up fighting for Robert Bruce. So that might be someplace in history where we go looking for eggs for our little yellow glass man. Oh, yeah. Well, so, not so little guy. Ed, you mean, and I only know from, I don't know that history that well, but Edward Bruce as in Braveheart Edward Bruce? Yes. Okay. That Edward Bruce. Ah. Uh-huh. Like I said, his one of his given names that we learned in uh, the Book of Life was Sorley. And the interesting thing about that is it gives us a clue to his human identity. It is an anglicized form of, and I'm going to kill this too, is Samhara. Oh, never mind. Spell it. I won't even try the Gaelic. It's <laughs> S-O-M-H-A-I-R-L-Y. Summerlay, maybe? Okay. Okay. Uh, an anglicized version of it is Samuel, or at least uh-huh. it's been confused with Samuel. And what the word actually means is summer traveler or summer warrior, which basically refers to the Vikings, which is mm-hmm. where all that red hair came from Interesting. In, in Ireland. And now our little Philip has that name, too. Yeah, exactly. The name traces back to a king of the Hebrides named Summerled, who is a, Celt- a Celtic hero. And the reason that he seems like such a perfect clue, and Dev has confirmed part of this, is that Summerled, he was the king who kept a foot in both worlds. He allowed the pagan world to continue while the church started to establish a presence in the Hebrides. So that's the, I, th- I think that's almost the reference to Gallo Glass's grandfather with the runes and okay. his oh, memories. right, right. Right, right. Because if, I don't know if y'all recall, at one point after the Book of Life release, Deb did acknowledge the clue with Summerled that, yes, it's, that has to do with Gallo Glass, but she made a comment about him being a descendant rather than actually being Summerled. So that also tells us that Gallo Glass probably was only with Hugh for a couple hundred years before he died at the most, mm. maybe 150 to 200 years. Interesting. Which is kind of sad, yeah, I think. Yeah, not enough time. Yeah, barely enough time to spend with his father, century at most. And for vampires, that's not a lot of time at all. Jeez. No, not at all. Not at mm. all. No, and the way Hugh went down, it's just too much. And obviously we discussed this in Shadow of Night, but he won't even go back to France because he's in yeah. so much agony. Yeah. So much anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for as uh, light and fun and sweet that everybody seems to think Gal Glass is, he's carrying a lot of grief and a lot of a lot of anger and a lot of resentment that yeah. doesn't necessarily bubble to the surface. So he's yeah. moody and broody too. He's got that side, which I don't oh, think yeah. people we just yeah, I I would agree with that definitely. We saw that he, in the he, Book of Life. He he, he, he can does sulk get a with the best moody. of them. Yeah, <laughs> he can sulk with the best of them. And grandfather Phil, Philippe indulged a minute. Yeah, I guess that's the difference between being a grandparent and a parent. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or maybe just Philippe felt bad because maybe Philippe could have prevented that in some way. Yeah. Yep. Or, or maybe Philippe thought he could prevent it and realized too late he couldn't. Yeah. Per, you know, maybe it's a regret of his. I don't know. But let's not get yeah. into Philippe. We'll veer. about driving off the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll veer. Yeah. Oh, well, and here we go. Oh, and then that my favorite, we just talked about this in the last episode, his indignation at being called a berserker. Yes. That was yes. classic. So, and at that point, we learned that he's only part Norse. The gentle part. The gentle part. So he's part <laughs> Norse and part Scots. And he's an Ufenauer, not a berserker. And which is interesting because the Ufenauer are, are connected to wolves and they would fight with 
with uh, wolfskins, wearing wolfskins. Right. I, I don't understand why he thought it was so much better to be an Ufenauer as opposed to a Berserker because they were described as being just as wild, wild and scary and uh, Berserk. They were also described as yeah, Berserk. Odin, Odin's <laughs> special warriors. They went without their chainmail and were mad as hounds as wo- hounds or wolves. They slew men, but neither fire nor iron had effect upon them. Think about that for a minute. Hmm. Not seeing, not seeing how that's that's an improvement over Berserker, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, pot, meat, kettle. Right. Yeah. Although some descriptions of berserkers talk about uh, fighting in a nearly uncontrollable hypnotic fury, unless the the, the berserkers were actually blood rage vampires. I was going to say, sounds maybe, like an army of blood rage vampires. Yeah, it maybe does. That's where the insult, maybe that's where the insult lies. Yeah, that could be. So, it could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how dare you, madam? I'm not a berserker. <laughs> <laughs> that's your husband. All right. <laughs> Oops, we'll uh, save that story. We'll save that secret for another uh yeah. another chapter. Uh. All right. So, anything else with the history that we should know before uh, we proceed? Well, I mean, there's there's some fun uh, other fun little tidbits about him uh, him being a sailor. Yes. I mean, yeah. So so many of the the small the little things we learn about him along the way are about his exploits on the sea and the numerous shipwrecks he, he's been involved with. Yeah. And <laughs> the souvenirs that he takes. The souvenirs right. that he takes. Um, the ships that he's served on. One, and the one that Deb mentions by name, the Earl of Pembroke, is, is especially interesting because it was the same ship that was used on Captain Cook's voyages in Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether it was that ship or another was shipwrecked off the coast, which we'll talk about when he gets his call from Varen in the Anomaly chapter later on in Shadow of Night. We're not quite sure because that is basically shipwreck row, but there is actually a, an instance while they were exploring the coast of Australia where the Earl of Pembroke was. And it was actually called the Endeavour at the time, where it was shipwrecked. So, and that's where he other, was when he called Varen, right? He was in Australia. Yeah, yeah. 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 He was sitting on the shore in uh, Australia. And the funny thing about that ship, it was fl- a flat bottom boat, which allowed it to sail in shallow water, and you could basically run it aground so you could load and unload quickly. You didn't need a dock, which to me seems to be a perfect ship for smuggling and other nefarious activities, <laughs> <laughs> which sort of amused me. We'll talk about that more while we talk when we talk about Gallo Glass and, and the Shadow of Night. But I think there's a lot to be said about his past that might be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Didn't we discuss him when we were discussing like mermen and mermaids and sirens? And mm-hmm, I yes. seem to remember that and that. that that combo coming up a long time ago. Yes, and everybody wanted him to. Th- that was before we learned his his name sorely and and were mm-hmm. able to pinpoint him time wise more. Yeah, because a lot there were people who and I and I went down that rabbit hole for a while too. That perhaps he was actually almost as old as Philippe and was a merman. Right. We consider the possibility. This is the line. He was fond of the sites where he'd been washed ashore. A merman coming around in a tempest to find that he could live on solid ground after all. So it's, it was worth exploring, but. I I think that brings up the point of how he's inspired, well, how we think that he's inspired some of Shakespeare's stories. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that, that brings up an excellent point about the fact that uh, the Gallo Glass are actually brought up in Mac- Macbeth. Yes. There is Gallo yes. Glass. Are, the Gallo Glass are mentioned by name, which is kind of funny. Yeah. They're in Macbeth. We think that he possibly, if you notice in the end of Shadow of Night, you know, he, he was telling stories of sprites and mm-hmm. fairies. And so we think The Tempest and I think we think Midsummer's Night. Yeah, M- Midsummer Night's Dream, perhaps. Mm-hmm. 
perhaps. Um, yeah. I can see that, especially some of the humor seems very Galaglasian. I don't know. Glaswegian? <laughs> that's what I, yeah, that's a Galaglasian. Galaglasian's better. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Okay. Galaglasian. I like it better. Mm. So. All right. So let's move on to Galaglass and Shadow of Night. And we just went over this chapter where we were introduced to Galaglass and what a splash he made. And I think he, I don't know. I, I, I always said to people, I'm like, well, I didn't fall in love with him immediately. I, I just was like, wow, who is this bombastic big person coming right. in? And we find out he's gentle. He has a sense of humor and he's got his pal Davey and they're really telling Matthew what for. <laughs> and right. the well, family I, only can. When I saw him, it, he, he was, he wasn't like a romantic, it wasn't like a romantic, oh my God, swoony, swoony. He's more like mm-hmm. that guy. The, well, well, both of them are kind of like that, those guy friends that all your friends think are hot, but they're really just your really good guy friends. And yeah. you, you love hanging out with them because they're fun and yeah. they're solid they've got citizens. your back. And yeah. yeah. Great, du- and, great dudes to have around. Exactly. And you kind of smirk to yourself that all these girls are falling, falling at their feet <laughs> and kind yeah. of don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> I like it how he, he calls it as he sees it. I mean, he'll say if, if he doesn't like the way Baldwin's acting or Matthew's acting, he'll say it and not yeah. worried about repercussions or being harmed yeah. or anything. And he won't say it rudely. He'll just say, you know, you might want to reconsider that. Yeah. Yeah, well. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And like we said in our last episode, mentioning the chapters, he was necessary. He was, we needed him there. He moved, he moved the plot forward in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think I said in the Facebook group, I considered him more avuncular. Well, like uncle like. Yeah, more the, than you know buddy. yeah like i said yeah the, the, the cool uncle yeah the, the your cool the, dude friend the, yeah the cool dude friend the cool young uncle who's kind of more your cousin's age than your uncle's age sort of thing yeah yeah and a good person I mean, to have around yeah and reliable and loyal yeah mm-hmm. he, i mean he's definitely a declarement he's a, in that family he's not a servant but he reminds me of alan or you know a, a decent uh, excellent squire where he, you know he's your right hand man yes which is funny because he winds up being kind of Diana's squire when they mm-hmm. go to Prague. That's a good a good description for it. Yeah. And it kind of keeps everybody on the straight and narrow and keep and in a way keeps their marriage on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, the jack of all trades, too. I mean, he takes care of the kids. He goes out for a pretzel, you know, yeah. make sure that they're being <laughs> occupied, calms them down, you know, shows right. jack a few jack things or two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Helps Diana. Yeah. And then when they fight, he's like, all right, you guys get your shit together and I'm going to take kids out and right. unfuck your shit. Yeah. And when I come yes. back, your shit best be unfucked. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, swear job. That, that all ended up on the editing room floor, by the way, people, because <laughs> the, the, the Shadow of Night was fuck free. Yes, it was. <laughs> No fucks to give there. <laughs> Wasn't eight out also? Yes. 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 It was. Yeah. Yes. We were introduced to a couple of shits in a discovery of witches. A yes. Sarah shit. And yeah. And there wasn't oh, yeah. a bullshit. But anyways, we did. Okay. Let's get off the shoulder of no. the road. Wait. No. Bullshit was in Shadow of Night. I just, okay. heard, I just heard it the other day. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's okay. right. That's bullshit. I'm pulling back onto the highway. People. Come on. We're, I was, back, we're back to yellow glass. I was like, do they know what that means? Shadow Night. All right. How, how did Jean get to drive? My God. All right. <laughs> 
just like you're two dogs living together. This is like bizarro world. We're recording at six o'clock at night. And I'm tired. Yes. Somebody has to step up and be the adult, and right. this will be uh, probably one of the rare occasions where it's me. Oh dear. <laughs> Hold on to your hats, listeners. (laughs) All right. What I also loved about him in Shadow of Night is when Gallowglass and Steven got together. Yes. Oh, yes. Papa Steven. Yes. Yeah, I like that, too. That that worked. That really worked for me. Yeah. It makes me wonder what what all they were up to when they were off stage. Hopefully, we'll get some of that in the TV show when we get to Shadow of Night. Yeah. Even on the page, though, Gallowglass is kind of a device where you get to find out more information about Matthew or, you know, oh, like the like the vaulted ceilings in mm-hmm. the church. Like, that's what Matthew, that's what happens when Matthew gets an idea or he'll tell like little ribbing backstories. He, he doesn't seem to observe the vampire nicety of it's not my story to tell. <laughs> right. He, he's no. eager to tell stories regardless of who they belong to. Right. Yeah, he's which very Isabellian that way. <laughs> Isabel's the same way. It's funny. Oh, well, that's like, true it's, too. It, it's not my tale to tell, but, but if I did it, but if I did have to tell it, it would be like this. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say at least, at least she goes, goes through the pretense of finding a loophole. Right. Galvez doesn't even bother with the loopholes at all. Right. He's just like, yeah, this is this is the way it is. Oh, did I tell you that? Oops. Yeah, I wasn't enamored. I mean, I was glad he was around. He was helpful. He was nice enough. Um, but I didn't have any like romantic feelings towards him or think that, oh, he's be the perfect guy or, you know, yeah. swoon over him. Yeah, I mean, to me, he was more of the, he, he was the one friend you could have like that drunk, drunken lapse of judgment with and sleep with and still be friends with him afterwards kind of guy. <laughs> Apparently you know what not. I, mean? <laughs> I think you'd hurt right. his feelings. <laughs> right. No, well, he'd be the sensitive one. Sh- shadow of night gallow glass. Right, came right. Across okay. very much more not so fragile as opposed, well, and we'll get to a book of life gallow Book of Life Gallow Glass was so such a freaking fragile flower. I don't even want to get into it. Yet. We're gonna have to here soon. I know. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> for me, when we we all picked up the Book of Life or picked up Shadow of Night and read it, it's like Gallow Glass was a character I wanted to know more about. And then we had that big layover. And it's like, oh, he could have such a great backstory with this and that, and the other thing, because he always struck me as the one that was going to be a uh, wench in every port and swashbuckling kind of queen privateer and having a good old time and yeah. just, you know, living, living life and living at large and tons of stories and tons of adventures. And like I said, and loving lots of ladies and just the fun guy. And well, we all know what happens when she speculates too much. She ends up really, really wrong. <laughs> so as a side note, can we just break for control? I realize we didn't rediscuss her emails at all. So, no. <laughs> so, so let's get through Book of Life and finish out this portion. Then we'll go back and read, discuss her emails, and then, and then just, we'll go back okay, and cool. do housekeeping. So, okay. yeah, okay. I was looking at that. I was like, uh, oh. <laughs> we've, oh. we've done this before, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll just have to shuffle things around again. I think our conclusion is we all liked Gallo Glass and Shadow, yeah. Shadow of Night. And you know what? This time around reading it, I mean, because I had no bad feelings. It was just more neutral towards him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's a nice guy. He's okay. But I like him more, this this reader. I, I find it maybe because I know the big picture. You, you yeah. Your feet, you, you've got pity for him because you know where it's going now. <laughs> <laughs> and we know where this could go. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's into the yeah. ditch. <laughs> Deck on the road. <laughs> beep, beep, no! <laughs> Thank God we've got 
rock Land Rover. I'm going to have to get some crash noises on my freaking soundboard. <laughs> I know. Mm. All right. So, uh, Gallo Glass in the Book of Life. Let's do this, girls. Let's just, let's mm. just rip it off. Rip the band-aid off. Oh, the Book of Life. Mm. <laughs> 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 Usually that's reserved for Domenico and Baldwin. <laughs> no, that was, that, was a, that was a totally different kind. That was not a rar. That was like a... Mm, mm. <laughs> that, that was a, a Calypian, mm, which was what my boss used to do every time he got frustrated. He'd speak in grunts. Let's uh, preface this with the fact that when we first opened the Book of Life, it had been two years since Shadow of Night. Three? Was it? I thought it was three. three. I thought it, it was, was no, two. two. It was two. two. It was 2012 yeah. to 14. Yeah. So it had been two years. So we were waiting mm-hmm. and projecting our hopes and projecting our dreams. And what we got was a really good book. But it's not uh, a fan should not be let to stew to their own device and try to figure things out for all because, that time yes <laughs> well and, and honestly deb was like matthew in the sense that she told the fandom over and over again you have so many theories and you have so many uh insight or you think you have insight in the like, what's going to happen she's like and you're mostly wrong and she was not wrong <laughs> oh, yeah she, she, she wasn't <laughs> But to all, to be fair, fair to all the fans who were mostly wrong, she also put out a lot of information that let us down paths that were dead ends at the yeah. end of the day. This is I true. mean, the whole, even the stuff that was published in the, uh, USA Today blurb about war and betrayal and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. So, I mean, and I suppose you blame the blurb, you blame the blurb on the publisher more than Deb, but yeah, there was a lot of wild ass guessing going on. I mean, but besides the guessing, I think think that there were also things in the other two books that we thought were going to be resolved. Like, oh, they mentioned this. I bet you we can't wait. To, we can't wait to get to that page where they're going to talk about it. And there was at least three, four or five things that never got talked about ever again. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, I understand they have restraints and they probably had to edit this book down a lot. Mm-hmm. I know about the three fucks they cut out. <laughs> Deb herself said she could have written 1,200 pages. Easy. Yeah. So to resolve everything. There you go. And a fourth a fourth book wouldn't have hurt me anyway. No. <laughs> no. That's no. just my opinion. Yeah. No, it, but, it wouldn't have hurt yeah. anything. But as for Galloglass, man, that was like a slap in the face. All of it was. Didn't see it coming. Well, it was and like he a freight was so, train. He was kind of kind of a ghost in the whole first part of it, too. Well, he wasn't around with the first all that part. much. I'll say something positive about him. Um, his singing and how he took care of Cora. And that's where Al's favorite phrase comes from. Fucking oh, yes. fire Drake. That was great. that was a lot of fun. He he was like f- a fun bit of levity and happiness and yes. And he seemed to keep Isabeau cheered up. Yeah. Yes. And uh we first see him when he's with Fernando and Fernando is cooking yes. in I'm the kitchen. It Biff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was so cute. Now, even in that, it's like, why all of a sudden was it okay? You know, this was never clearly answered when he decided he was going to come back, finally come back to France, yeah, other than the true. fact that Varen called him. I mean, all of a sudden, it's like, didn't anybody in the family think it was odd that he, wait, you know, it's been like mm, 700 years, and all of a sudden he's decided, yeah, it's time for me to come back home. He didn't even Maybe come, he went, did he even come back for Philippe's funeral? I was going to say, that's what my guess would be. It was a 
pledge to Philippe. He said he would come back. Yeah. When mm-hmm. when the call came and the call came and, you know, and it was like, oh, I guess we had to go back. Did, and, he, did he hear Philippe's ravings as well when he was on his deathbed? No, yes. I don't think so. I, I thought think, it was. I, th- I think I he saw. It was, Ver- Varen, it was Varen and maybe Baldwin that heard some of his ravings. Hmm. No, Galaglass too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought Galaglass. He was when he was, okay. Yeah, Galaglass too, because uh, Galaglass was in the know along with Varen. Um, it seems the only people that weren't in the know were, you know, Isabeau and Martin everything but they had clear baldwin. instructions yeah and baldwin they had clear instructions well baldwin really did he because he had no clue what the hell was going on yeah well you said weren't really in the know and and you got i'm just saying baldwin was oh one right of right who wasn't baldwin like isabel yeah like ah. isabel and yeah got it got it got it yeah so uh philippe pulled Varen aside pulled Galaglass aside and so those two showed up yeah which we didn't get any specifics on that. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. It's like it was never kind of clearly addressed. You can infer a lot, but for a lot of readers who didn't read the text four or five times, it may have just been kind of like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I know the first time I read the Book of Life, I might have read it maybe twice, three times. I rushed through it because we got an early copy. So we're rushing through this and we're like, but wait. <laughs> At the end of it, but wait, what's going on? Uh, yeah. God, I'll never forget. It's like, wait, where did the war go? There was no battle. What? Yeah, not a battle in the way we were thinking. Some dead vampires piled up in a tunnel, huh? Well, we didn't see the action. I'm sure people no, in the we action were, thought it was warlike. Yeah, but we were. I think we were expecting a big demons versus yeah congregation battle versus royale non-congregation. Yeah. Yeah. Congregation yeah. people. No, it was all low key secret squirrel shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of squirrels, <laughs> well, I mean, it goes. All that squirrel hunting came in handy. It goes down to Nathaniel and, you know, the stuff he was doing with cyber mm. and everything they were doing. And they, they ran their little spy networks. They were looking at Jer Bear. They were looking at. <laughs> I, I, Everything. <laughs> I know. Bear. I love that chapter. That was a great god. chapter. <laughs> oh my god, Bear, I, I know Bear shouldn't have been as funny as he was, but he was hilarious. <laughs> but again, we, we're we're here for Galaglass. We died. Yes, yes, this is true. Yes, true. Yeah. So I mean, before before we even get into you know how our hearts that. broke for him, yeah, that my heart broke for him when he had to watch over um, Diana and he showed himself to Stephen before they went to Africa. That's yeah. How, yeah. How sad. How heartbreaking. Yeah, he knew where they all knew where Stephen and Rebecca were off to, and he still had to say, "Hey, yeah, she'll be fine." Ugh. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if yeah. I can sit through that episode when it comes up on the show. That's going to be sad. I mean, but I, I'm sure we've talked about this, but for Stephen and Rebecca to know their demise, and then he purposely showed himself—I don't know. Everything is so precise; it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So let's just start with the beginning. We always right. knew Hugh was his maker, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then we find out Fernando was Hugh's mate. So basically, the three of them made a unit. And were they a scion? Yeah, Hugh had a scion for a while. Yeah, the three of them, they broke off. Which they was were probably, tired of... probably all what went on in Spain. Yeah. The gay son ran off <laughs> and started his own family. Just saying. Yeah. Well, that's what it felt like. Well, Fernando was fairly bitter about Philly. Fernando so. was bitter about a lot of things, people. Yeah. <laughs> he may, he's, he's very jolly fellow well met, but he was bitter about a lot of things, primarily Philippe de Claremont and how he ran his family. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Which is a story I hope we get into someday. So. Maybe. I yeah. wonder. It's, it's, uh, 
Ugh. And then for Matthew to tell Gallo Glass when everybody's splitting up to do their respective deals and then like him telling Gallo Glass, yeah, you're in charge of my wife. Yeah. Oh, talk about set- setting that up for ugh, awfulness. In charge of whose wife? Wait, wait. No, I'm confused. In, in charge of Diana. Because oh, okay. When, when they decide to separate after all right. the... Oh, right. Yeah. At Sleeping Giant. Yeah. Yes. That wasn't a... It was going to happen either way. Yeah. I mean, so we've got New Haven and... And that's probably the last bunch of levity we get with Gallo yeah. Glasses in New Haven. When yeah. Chris, when Chris is like, he meets Chris and the whole Chris and Miriam thing. That's the last bit of levity we really see from Gallo Glass in the, the book. Yeah. This will be pure speculation, obviously, but I'm curious to get your opinions. So if he says that he car- compartmentalizes and he, that's why he calls Diana auntie, he mm-hmm. calls her that early on in Shadow of Night. Do you think his feelings for her were instantaneous, like Matthew's to Diana and Diana to Matthew? That's why he calls her that right away? Or do you think that it was something that evolved? He, I think he was kind of joking at first. He's like, oh. You're my auntie then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? But eventually it evolved after he's... I'm thinking he, it probably by Prague. Yeah. Prague, definitely. Because Prague he was very, yeah. very, very Solicitous. Yes. And he wouldn't put up with a, a lot of stuff from anybody else. It, I guess that's the nature of it. When yeah. you're charged to protect somebody and mm-hmm. you already like the person, mm-hmm. it's just Kindle waiting for a spark. So, well, it's, it's right. the, it's the bodyguard trope. It's the yes. Lancelot trope. Well, Lancelot without the culmination, you know, <laughs> consummation, <Yeah>. let's say. <laughs> Right. I mean, he ha- he had affection for it. And yeah. I always thought, and even Matthew commented at the end of Shadow of Night, it's like Galaglass is almost as protective as I am over you. When, yeah. When, after she came back and Kit and Louisa had attacked her and they were stitching her up or uh, Susanna was healing her and... Mm-hmm. Gallowglass came in all concerned. He's like, are you all right in truth, auntie? And Matthew pulled her aside. He's like, he's just as a protective over you as I am. So, you know, she was wondering, mm-hmm. well, why the hell does he care? Yeah, he cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wake up, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> Although apparently he had, he was woke. <laughs> he was woke in that respect. I think Matthew, Matthew knew what was going all along. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think the fact that Hugh was his father and he knew Galaglass so well, he knew that Galaglass wouldn't act on it. Right. Or he was hoping or he was trusting that. I don't know. My whole, I don't know. My whole issue with that whole deal was he never should have told Diana how he felt. No, I know. I know. I, as a never. reader, I didn't want to know. <laughs> yeah. No, as soon as he started, I was like, no, don't you, don't you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think we've discussed before that could have been handled so much differently. That could have been handled where he confesses that he has feelings to maybe Fernando or Baldwin and one of them tell him to snap out of it to the right. side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, not have, maybe not have a tattoo right now. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, maybe not tattoo. now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the I think the thing that that was just the the tipping point was the uh, the convers. Why did he have that conversation with her? That was just so weird. That gives her the ability to pity, and I was feeling Gallagher. Don't give her the pit- ability to pity. 
I, right. I don't like people's pity. So I was hurting. I'm like, oh, my God, now she's going to pity you. And, you know, human nature, you care about somebody, you're going to pity somebody when sure. you know they're hurting, you know, and it's like, uh, I don't like this. I don't like how this feels at all. And I know uh, there's going to be people listening to this. It was and saying, oh, but I thought it was sweet. No, I didn't think it was sweet. I thought uh, it, it should have been handled by somebody else, because if Matthew knew, then Fernando knew, you know, you knew Fernando. Fernando knew. Fernando should have taken him aside and freaking tied him down and said, you know what? You need to shut your mouth. That's enough. Can I can I just nix this thought that we've heard in the fandom a few times that he's not going to be getting, and I can't speak for Deb because I'm not, I don't privy to her her plans, but I'm pretty confident saying he's not going to be getting with Cora and he's not going to be getting with Rebecca. <laughs> Did you say Cora? Yes. We've heard that, that he should be paired up with Cora. Oh, man. I didn't hear that. Oh, Jean. No wonder why Jean's not answering. She's She got lost to us. I'm like, <laughs> Jean, Jean knows what I'm talking about. Oh, she's joining back up. Okay. I'm back. I'm All back. Right. So uh, where you left off, Jean, was I was questioning because I hadn't heard that uh, Gallo Glass was going to wind up with Cora. Is I, that a I, thing? You, you can react to this, Jean, because I said there's two things yes. that are, I'm pretty sure aren't going to happen is he's not going to get together with Cora and he's not going to get together with Becca. Yeah, that was. Oh, and Janet. Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody shipped him with Janet, too. <laughs> that was where that whole conversation about family, yeah, family and incest and. Yeah. I mean, people out there shipping, do your thing, ship all you want, but. Um, Oh yeah, De- yeah. Deb's, got no. a, Deb's got a pen full of ink. She can write a new character to for him to be loving yes. on. Yeah, and, oh my god. And God, I, God, I hope she's not like a, a Diana retread because that maybe, would be sad too. Maybe we'll see a Lily surface or resurface. Oh, the whole Lily mystery. Yes, yes. Okay, for our audience who maybe not privy to that, please explain Lily. Oh, Angela, would you like to do the honors, uh, or shall sure. I? You can do it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> this was Deb. Deb came in one day and basically said something about I met Lily in the mm-hmm. big fan group and. Everybody's like, oh, who could Lily be? And guessing from everywhere from Lily Munster to, you know, who would you like to <laughs> yeah. see Lily with? Yeah, she did a poll. You know, what would, um, you know, yeah, there was a poll, which has since disappeared. So don't bother going looking for it. It was polled. Um, <laughs> and this one of the speculations was is she was somebody's new love interest. And that was part of the poll. I mean, was she Godfrey's? Was she Gallo Glasses? It's a mystery we'll never know. Yeah, or maybe well, we'll that, find out someday. Yeah, we thought it was going to be Book of Life material. And it turns out, I mean, we don't know who it is, but we did find out Eva belonged to Baldwin. But we're like, OK, well, where's Lily? Lily's got to be here somewhere. Well. Lily, who's Lily? I don't know. Shaking our books, looking for lilies to fall out. Yeah, I was gonna say Lily was. Lily was with that story that Isabel promised us back in Discovery of Witches. The goddess story. Okay. Oh my God. Why? Why are you opening my wounds? Oh, we're getting the rest of Gallo Glass's names in the world of all souls. There's that. Yes, we are. That's that's going to be great. I'm happy about that. I'm, I, th- I, am, I think I'm most excited about the world of all souls because it's going to be so jam-packed with all kinds of tidbits. I'm not going to project. 600 plus pages. I, I am. I'm not going to project. I am going there. I'm going to love it. I can feel it. 
I can feel it in my bones. I am going to yes. love, love, love it. Yes. <laughs> that, that was an enthusiastic grunt, by the way. Yes. Yes. That was more yes. of a rar. So, Gal Glass in the Book of Life, too, you know, we were going towards the edge of the road, but let's steer us towards the middle of the lane. Um, in conclusion, he pretty much goes away and disappears yeah. Yeah. by the time the tw- twins are born. Well, and, and he did he did make a make an appearance at the opportune moment to help them in the library. Yes. You gotta give him that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he showed up for that. He did. And then he disappeared but, again. Yeah. He didn't want any parts of it. I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah. I don't blame him. I mean, I, as much as I had empathy for Gal Glass and I had sympathy for Gal Glass, that one fact, the fact that he told Diana, it served no purpose in my head. It served no, no. purpose for her to know. No. I mean, it was like the dumb guy thing, like, oh, I'm going to tell her this and she's going to upend her life for me. Right. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No. 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 Women are, no. Women are very practical. We don't do that. <laughs> no. And, and tell, letting her know this was not a favor. Yeah. Not to anybody. Yeah. Not to him. Most of all. Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like I feel like he could have walked away with his dignity intact, even if and, he kind of disappeared. Yes. And there could have been so many reasons he disappeared. It didn't have to be that reason. Yeah. Yeah. He's just being gallow glass. Right. Yeah. I'm back out on yeah. the open road. I mean, but no, it's like, oh, that's why he's gone. Mm. He, he can't he can't bear to be he can't bear to be around your happiness Ugh. Ugh. I remember reading that it was around April 2014 Jean do you remember messaging me and saying oh my god are you at this <laughs> chapter yet <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I not remember. quite. It was, it was late at night and yeah. I was like, I was up, up, I was up late reading because it's like, I want to see what happens. And I was right. like, and I had to be really quiet because I just wanted to go, no. <laughs> it was like one o'clock in the morning. Like, oh, that would not go over well if I scream in a book right now. No, can't do that. Oh, so I'll just, <laughs> I'm just going to have to text Val because I know she's at work. <laughs> what the actual fuck? Oh, I was like, no, 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 please don't do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. That, that I was mean, the worst feeling in the world. And then it's like you and I are, are holding on to the secret. It's like, oh, God, we can't talk to anybody but each other. Oh. I know. I know. Angela was a couple weeks behind us. Yeah. With yeah. That. And when she got to it, she got to both of us and was like, what the actual hell? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus in a sidecar. What is going on with this? Yes. Yes. Oh. Which I'm very curious when we revisit this book, how we're going to feel. Um, I think it's going to be different. I don't know. It's going to be different for us because w- we rushed through it and we've had time for all the information to settle. And um, mm-hmm. we we made Pinterest boards and we found things and it was really cool. It'll be really cool to go back with the, all the knowledge we have now. And really yes. without having to be worried, it's doing multitasking our way through the book because that's basically yes. what we did. I don't think I ever yeah. actually sat down and just read it. I was always... Cover to cover. Yeah. Yeah. We were prepping for giveaways. We were prepping for uh-huh. publisher promotion. We were prepping and trying to read this in between. So yeah. it'll be good to settle into it. And the other thing about that whole Gallow Glass thing and Book of Life also played into the the overall thing about the way the story went that just sort of aggravated and upset me a little bit. But that was probably the, the Gallow Glass issue was probably the most visible of it was the way the, the Declare Mount men in general just seem to end up somewhat emasculated 
isolated. Yes. By the, by the end of the whole story, it was kind of like, God, even Philippe, which was sort of an odd feeling. I don't know. If maybe this new read, I won't key into that so much, but that was an overwhelming impression that I got on our initial reads was kind of like, God, why are all the Declaremont men being so wishy-washy? Right. You know they feel what? emasculated. I realized when I read this, and I felt this way too, at the end, Book of Life kind of gave perfect closure for me. Only because when you first meet a dude, you know, when she first mm-hmm. met Matthew, everybody's putting on their best front. Everybody's, you know, yeah. he's being strong. He's being this. But like in marriage and everything else, you open up to each other and you find out each other's vulnerabilities and you're, you're less scared. If everything is going right in that relationship, you're less scared to show it. And I feel yeah, as I- the reader, we got to see that. So we no longer had the first impression we had. Oh, when yeah. When it's like, oh, yes, with- Matthew, you know. <laughs> right. I, no, I agree with that. But but no, the whole, it wasn't just that. It was like, it seemed like none of the, none of the men in the story could really do anything right. Th- that before they were in the first two books, it's like, oh, yes, and blah, blah, blah. And God, I'm feeling very inarticulate about this because it's been a long time since I've revisited that this particular <laughs> theme. But at the at the time, it was very frustrating to me because they've spent, and I agree. by the end of the story, the, the, the Claremont men all kind of felt a little less than, which yeah. kind of upset me because yeah. granted, this is, and I understand it's, it's Diana's story. It's Diana's journey. But I think it could right. have, it was, it was, could have done with a little less of the, it was elevated. She was elevated so much and it diminished the Claremont yeah. legacy. See. Yeah, exactly. How much? How much of that is reader projection, though? I don't, I don't know. By the, the e- by, the end of Book of Life, I kind of felt like there were times when I thought Matthew was in a ball rocking himself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little bit extreme. Yeah, I, I think some of it, maybe a little bit, is reader projection, but I also think some of it is also the story on the page going out of its way. Yeah, th- trying to put in a five pound nail with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a Discovery of Witches, we catch Matthew while he's strong, and Diana when she's weak. And the Shadow of Night, they're very much on equal footing. They're equally <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> you know? True. And book of, <laughs> and then Book of Life, she's coming into her own, where she has to be the strong one, and she can be the strong one for Matthew. And he, we oh, should, yeah, we for see, Matthew. Yeah, for Matthew. And we see he is not as strong as we originally thought. We thought he was impervious well, to anything no, until we saw I never thought saw he was impervious Benjamin. because the way he always was not thinking ahead. I mean, I knew sooner or later his his number was going to be up. <laughs> yeah, I mean because because yeah. of all of the flaw his self his self loathing and and the fact that he didn't think things through and he acted and reacted emotionally. I knew that he was headed for a fall. So I mean that in and of itself and, and Matthew's Matthew's vulnerabilities were always there. But yeah, to see it all come caught, to a head like that, they hadn't caught up with him yet in Book of Life. And I yeah. and I think that was perfect because it's like yeah, okay, all your chickens have come home to roost. To borrow one of Philippe's old phrases. Right. And yes. That, that's what happens. But And we seem to catch all of them in their weak spot, you know, especially Galloglass. Galloglass, yeah. he get, goes off to <sighs> pity me. Lick his wounds. And be, lick his wounds. Yeah. And, yeah. and, that, and like you that's, said, I mean, did the, did the story have to actually go that way? No. That's what I mean no. with the, the five pound nail and the sledgehammer. Right. Yeah. So I see that. So I don't know. Like if I had to. But that doesn't doesn't mean I, I don't like the story at all. It's just. No. 
No, it I agree. Unsettling. It was unsettling to me. It wasn't my I, Shadow of Night's always going to be my favorite of the trilogy. Oh, but. absolutely, it's true. It's but true. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to doing a reread of it, and I think I'm going to yes. yes. see it in a totally different light and enjoy it in a way I never yeah, expected. I think so too. Yeah, and and then look, I had to look up a few little things in it, and it's like God, I forgot how the early cha- how much was jam packed into those early chapters when they're at Septours. There's yeah. a lot of stuff in there, and a lot of things happening all at once. Yeah, and I think that might I think that might be part of the problem why why the book is the read as a whole was just so hard to wrap your head around. For us, it was the perfect storm because we got caught up in the middle. It was uh-huh. our first publisher, big publisher promotion for us. Right. And, yes. you know, and we're getting the early read and we're rushing through it and we're running around with our real lives and we're running around. So trying to get things we done. Had to yeah. r- trying to get things done. So I don't think we had time to sit with it like we did with Shadow of Night. We had time to sit with Shadow no. of Night. Right. Yeah, that's right. true. And parse it. And parse it and come to terms with the characters and mm-hmm. and feel feel the feelings and deal with all the little eggs that were in there. And I think we came full circle with Shadow of Night just because we had the time. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. So, but I don't I don't know. So let's go into Galglass fan reception because Book of Life seems to be a fan favorite, honestly. I think we're yeah, kind of Galaglass yeah. is concerned especially. Like you said, yeah. mo- most people have found that swoon worthy, the whole confessions of love. Yeah. If if not now, save it for a couple minutes down the road then. But I just want to talk about his scent. We never talked about what he smells like and what that could possibly mean. Ooh, let's do that. Yes. He smells of uh, sea salt and peppermint or mint, I should say. Yes. So I found it interesting. It, peppermint or, or mint is soothing and sea salt or salt is used for protection. So that I think it's fitting, perfectly mm-hmm. fitting for him. Very well, perfectly and, and fitting. The sea salt, especially for his life on the sea. Yeah. Uh, life absolutely. as a sailor and his, well, and it's it's not only soothing, it's he, uh, it's a healing sea salt. Healing, healing yes. And, and, so is pepper, and it's so also mint. a commodity. Yeah, it is. I mean, which is kind of interesting when you think about him being a mercenary because a mercenary is a commodity too. Yes, this is true. So, and plus I just like the smell of it. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to smell like clean laundry. Well, you have all those scents, right? Is there a Galaga yes. scent? There yes. is. Um, uh, Kim did one and then don't forget the Joe Malone scent that Dad oh, right. yes. oh my God, yes, that Dad smells so good. Totally Gallo glass. Yeah. That smells so good. <sighs> I have more of that. We should give some more away soon. Oh, we could. We'll think about that come spring. That's a yeah, great yeah. spring scent. It is. All right. So fan reception. Let's revisit that. Right. Um, the fans love Gallo glass in general. For the most part. Yes. For the most part. And in fact, it wasn't until recently that I have seen any opinions to the contrary. Yes. Either it's, yes. Been, si- either it's been total uber love or silence. Like nothing nice to say, don't yes. say anything at all type of thing. But yes, now, right. in fact, with all the, with all the uh, TV announcements, everybody keeps going, well, when, when are we going to hear Gallo Glass? When are we going to mm-hmm. hear Gallo Glass? It's like, uh, he's not in the first book, so no. Right. Yeah. Kept his Gallo Glass we in still this need book? To know. <laughs> yeah. You think you need to write See, in early? Try not to be an asshole, but then people are like, oh, where's Gallo Glass? I'm like, have they cast anybody from his Gallo Glass's books? No? Okay, move along. That, See, you know what would be yeah. cool? I think it'd be cool mm. if they had a, a Gallo Glass cameo that we don't know it's Gallo Glass, but if someone in the background is watching Diana as a child, it's like just a glimpse or a flashback, and then we see him actually in Shadow of Night, oh the second God. season. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Eyes out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's, let's keep our eyes out. <laughs> God. That's him. Such, That's got to be him. Such, <laughs> you're such a bitch, Angela. I can't believe you're going to panic everybody like that. <laughs> 
Now I'm going to be on the lookout. I know. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm going to be the one to forget all about it. I said that, really? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Why would I say something like that? I know. Uh, so, Gallo Glass fan reception. Let's go into some of the emails and the Facebook comments that we got. Reference Gallo okay. Glass. And then we can uh, move on from there and we can uh, sort of parse out the different opinions we have. And um, I have Shall one. I? Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I would say, should I start with Gallo Glass's number one fan? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I won't say who it's from until I get to the very end. But she okay. says, salutations, ladies. Gallo Glass, really? I have no thoughts I can share without busting the ratings into definitive after dark category. Just kidding. Mostly. I think the one thing that always stands out about Gallo Glass to me is how unflappable he is. He makes the effort when first meeting Diana to rattle her, but doesn't seem too bothered by the lack of effect or Matthew's response. Ultimately, that serves him well as the years or centuries pr- proceed. As for these chapters of Shadow of Night, the part I always chuckle about, despite the gravity of the situation, is the interaction of the Declaremonts. Hancock and Gallo Glass are back and forth with each other. Matthew is pulling his hair out yelling, but then they close ranks immediately around Diana because she's now part of the clan. Looking forward to a great All Souls trilogy year ahead. Shelley, as in Dr. Shelley Carter. Mm-hmm. Oh, the demon, the vampire scientist. She wants to climb Galaglass like a tree. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was what was her, confe- her embarrassing confession at uh, Demon Hour? It was a good one too. Something about Galaglass under his kilt. Yeah. Wonder yeah. what he wears. I think. I th- yeah. Wonder what, yeah. If he wears anything. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 That's yes. Funny. And she and she stood up and owned up to it. And she was. Oh like, yeah. Yep. She was proud give, of it. Give me my prize. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was sure awesome. she's not part demon. All right, Jean, who do you have? I have Root. I've got Kisses from Portugal. Yay! As for Galaglass, I'm a little conflicted with him. In Sun, I loved him. He was funny, always trying to look at the bright side. He was someone you know you can trust, and Matthew does, completely. He is the bear, gentle Viking warrior that you have no choice but to fall in love with. Now, every time I reread the trilogy and notice little things, going along in Sun and Book of Life, my feelings for him changed a bit, even in Sun. When I read Sun with the knowledge of everything that happens in Book of Life, there are some things I don't love so much. My heart breaks for him every time I read Diana asking how long... When they're in the boat, I believe. But I don't agree with some of his actions in the Book of Life. It's a little bit the opposite of Baldwin. I hated him at first, and by the end of Book of Life, I liked him as in respect to what he did during all during the trilogy. Galaglass, I fell in love with immediately, and then I disagreed with some of his actions. Does that mean she fell out of love? Kisses from Portugal. I don't know. <laughs> oh. I feel like I feel like Galaglass is like Jessica Rabbit. Don't hate me. I'm just written that way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good way to look at it. All right. So I have Miss Wendy. Miss Wendy. Miss Wendy. And she greets us with the famous Good morning, Lady Demons. Well, it's evening, so yeah. Okay. I hope you had a good morning. She was probably writing it in the morning on her way into work. Yep. Exactly. As usual, I am emailing you while I commute to work by bus. So traveling and emailing safely. Thoughts on Galaglass? Well, my first thought is that he is an unsung hero and son. He is the person that is there when you need him and also somewhat sometimes when you don't. I think he is a good counterbalance to Matthew. Matthew is all dark and cranky in most of Sun, and Galaglass lightens things up for us and Diana. Happy holidays, and I can't wait to hear the new episode of the podcast. Hugs, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Hugs, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. So we also went into our Facebook group 
and solicited answers from their reference gal of the glass. So who wants to start? I start. I have one from Valerie, um, our one of our discussers, Valerie. She says, Gal of Glass is one of my favorite characters. I honestly don't know how Diana would have made it in the past without him. I do agree with that. I mean, he's not my favorite, but I do agree he was very, very useful. Uh, and oh, yeah. Had to, he was nece- as we said, he was necessary in Shadow of Night. And helpful. Mm-hmm. And helpful. And helpful. Mm-hmm. All right. Another one from the I Love Gal of Glass camp. And then, Jean, I'll let you finish off. Okay. Um, from Melissa. She says, I love Galaglass. He deserves to be happy. I would love to know more about his human past and the events leading up to him being made a vampire. And I also will be incredibly upset if they cast some skinny millennial looking actor as Galaglass. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be a big, burly, big burly beast of a man. Oh, that can also act. Laugh out loud. And that was from Melissa. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Melissa. That's funny. Okay. And I'm, I'm wrapping up with New England Angela. Oh my oh, god, dear. am I the only one in here that's not on the Galaglass train? Should I run and hide? No. No? No, not at all. In fact, and I, lo- I love her t- uh, comment, don't mind cool Uncle GG. He's just head over in love with his auntie. Calls in Shelly Carter to get the whiteboard out for him to understand we are all related at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I commented, I said, oh. I don't think you're going to get a bias a- analysis yeah, from Shelly. you're not going to get an unbiased analysis <laughs> from Shelly. And then yeah. <laughs> and her response was, something tells me she'd ma- manipulate that whiteboard to her liking then. Gives me the moment. Yeah, I'll handle yeah. this chart myself. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, so, I don't so, think you're alone, New England Angela. I don't think no. you're alone at all. And certainly I don't, I would probably lean more towards your opinion than the pro Galloglass camp. But yeah, it's not right. that I don't like him. I just, I just not in love with him. Yeah. But hey, no. I, I love Baldwin. Most of the yeah. fandom, except for like two people, me and Gene. You and, yeah. <laughs> I have been consistently pro Baldwin. Right. So it's, it's, as I always say, it's my flaw, not yours. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I'm not anti-Baldwin, but, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a not dude. your cup of tea. He, he's not my thing, man. <laughs> you roll with what your thing is. <laughs> that's that's you, you my next... And all. That's my next t-shirt I want. Baldwin yeah. is my jam. <laughs> oh, uh, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. Oh, my God. We're going to have to get approval for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. You don't have to get approval for hot ginger vampires are my jam. No. That's true. Unless it because was Because now we like Davey as well. I, mean, that, I was that, going to say Hancock's but... kind of my jam too, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even with his gammy lid? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my so thing, but you go eyes. girls. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be said for a guy with a smart mouth and a quick wit. Oh, well, my we're goodness. Calling a- oh, we're my we're goodness. calling HR on you. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Just because. Because we can. <laughs> You're making fun of his disability. You're mocking his disability. All right. I guess that, well, I was going to say, but he's fictional. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he is? Wrong. Wait. No, actually, he's not. He's just dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He's not fictional, actually. It's D.D. Not, it's, not, it's not actionable. It's He's dead. Yeah. He's probably going to haunt me. Sorry, Davey. No, right. I did we'll steer that. The hauntings another time. Right. I did steer us in the ditch. Apologies. Uh, Bygones. Not, not too far, though. I mean, we didn't veer too far. I think we were no. going towards it. Um. All 
right. So we don't have any housekeeping because we kind of all did it all in one and with the discusser emails and everything like that. Yeah. I I do have a save it for the show. Ooh, what are we saving yeah. for the show? Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. This episode, save it for the show, is copyright and fan art. Oh. Gene, you want to take that on? Oh, I guess since I'm the one with the law license in three states, it may as well be me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) Yeah, uh, copyright. You guys all know we're real sticklers for giving people credit where credit is due. And in the fandom, things are starting to heat up more. I mean, we saw a little bit about, a little bit of this with respect to folks getting together shirts and whatnot for the con and Mm -hmm. in the aftermath of the con and things were offered things were pulled down now apparently the edict has come from team deb that there will be merchandising guidelines coming out and all of this has to do with copyright in this particular instance it was probably triggered by something that went on in the outlander fandom with sony who owns the show they went on for lack of a better word a rampage and started sending out what what are called cease and desist letters 15-day letters under the copyright laws of the united States because various fan sites were selling merchandise commercially, which were using the images of the actors, the logos from the show. Now, I'm not quite sure if phrasing from the show came up, but in their wide, their big net, they ended up catching a bunch of fan sites too, which was the main reason for all of the hoopla hoopla over there. Facebook groups got shut down, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was big. Yeah, it was sweeping. But the fact of the matter was... There were people that were selling shirts with pictures of Sam Hewen and Catronia Balf on them for the purpose of making a profit for whatever reason. And they were using items without a license, which is illegal in the United States. And when you're dealing with a company like Sony, they will come after you. Yes. And in it now, this is not to say that it's going to happen in our fandom, but in an abundance of caution, Deb has let it be known that they will be setting up merchandising guidelines and, uh, looking for approval of things that are tied to the All Souls world. Now, this is a two-pronged kind of effort. Now, see, there can be things that are evolved from the fandom and from the love of books that aren't necessarily something that falls within the publishers or Debs or the show's copyright. They don't have license over the whole universe. There are, are, for example, our shirts, our Mad, Bad, Dangerous to Know shirts. While that phrase shows up several times in the books, Deb doesn't have the copyright on that. That is a creative common copyright. Well, it's not even a copyright. It was something that was said by Lady Carolyn Lamb in respect to Lord Byron. And because it was published in the 1800s, it it's copyright, copyright free. free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and that is free and clear and that's the demons and we're using it. Right. Well, we did send it to the <laughs> proper people and we're waiting. Yeah. We, we, yeah we're, we're, we're waiting blessings just to make sure that if we talk about it in connection with all souls, that it's all good. Yeah. It's the whole reason our jewelry sales are on hold right now. Because, right. Yes, because we're looking, we're making sure that everything is is copacetic with the powers that right. be. And the jewelry um, we have, we'll probably wind up giving away the stuff that violates, but we, yes. yeah, but, but we can give it away. We can't yes, sell it. Exactly. Yes. So look for, probably, you'll probably be looking for some good treats in the coming year. Um, Yay. And here's the thing. I mean, when you're talking about fan art, there are a couple of things that we call safe harbors. One of them is what is called fair use, which means if you're doing something for your own enjoyment, say make 
one shirt for yourself. Yes. That's yes. okay. You can't design a shirt and then turn around and sell it. Even if you're going to give a portion of it to a charity, that doesn't work. In fact, there was a website or a fan blog that came up right after the con that was offering a series of t-shirts that was shut down very, very quickly yes. because that is what exactly what they were doing. They were taking phrases from Deb's writing and selling shirts for profit. That's not fair use. She did not have a license and it's gone. Now, there's something else that's a safe harbor that's called transformative. And that's creating things that are inspired by the story and inspired by the books. Um, A good example of transformative is uh, many of you may be familiar with the line of scents that are offered by one of the fans who, who has taken it upon herself to imagine and create a scent for each of the characters that she, in her mind, is reminiscent of that particular character. Yes. That's okay. Now, there might be some debate about what kind of name she can put with it or whether the, lo- the logos that can be used. No, those are, se- those are separate issues as far as trade dress is concerned. And we'll, we won't get into that, but the existence of the scents themselves is okay. Yeah. That, and they're that her scents. They're yeah. her copyrights. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just like uh, another example of something being transformative is say you do your own artistic rendering of, gosh, anything from another painting to you draw a two dimensional drawing of a sculpture. You've transformed mm-hmm. that piece of that copyrighted piece of artwork into something all your own. That's okay yes. too. You hold the copyright the transformative work. Mm -hmm. Yes. A a good example of that is the shoe that Valerie created and animated for one of our Wednesday whimsies. That was inspired by a 17th century painting that belongs, I believe, belongs to a Scottish gallery. Yes. Or or an English museum. I'm not quite sure which. But for certain purposes, apparently, the the museum had licensed out an an image to a company that sells art prints. Yes. You know, hey, you know, you want to buy a copy of this painting to hang on your wall. Right. Well, they hold the license for that. And one of the one of the things that their license says is that nobody else can take the digital sell it as a painting. Yeah, sell it as a painting or take their digital image of it and put it on other things. Now, when we were in New Orleans for the con, we went through the, the uh, flea market down near mm-hmm. the river and found some really good examples of people violating copyright exactly like that. Yes. Uh, with the Antator 50s advertising illustration type gals with all the funny sayings. Right. Somebody had actually taken those images off of the Antator website and printed, printed them, them out on yeah. metal and whatever, and they were, and that's illegal. That's not yes. a transformative work. That's <laughs> right. taking somebody's digital file and printing it on some, something else and selling it. And yet they did not want me to take a picture of it. <laughs> yes, because they yes. knew they were violating copyright and didn't want to get caught. Right. <laughs> that's what that boiled no down pi- to. No, <laughs> pictures, no pictures, please. No pictures. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, about the shoe, okay? The shoe is not for sale. I never planned on selling that as a painting. It was just a cool graphic that I made into a gift that I made it that apply. That you drew. Yeah. Well, and you digitally drew. You digitally, digitally drew, drew it and yeah. add, added the snakes and the, the bees and whatnot to it. So yeah. it would be Mary Sydney's shoe. It would be the whole thing. And there's no way you're going to sell that as a painting. There's no way. No. And no. so. That's, trans- that's, what's call- that's what's called transformative. <laughs> 
<laughs> there was an accusation. I'm just going to put that out there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, another great example of something that's not transformative is stealing Emily Blavet's work and putting her goddess paintings on a shower curtain and selling it, which has yes. also happened. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's terrible. Don't get me started about that. So, uh, fans out there, those artistically inclined fans, you know, use caution. But if it's just for your pleasure, nobody, I don't think anybody's going to punch you in the face for it, you know? No, we won't. No. Oh, no. Share it yeah. on Twitter. Share it on Share Tumblr. It. Share it on Pinterest. Hopefully nobody jacks your stuff because that's what happens. <laughs> that's, that's Pinterest. Hey, that would be Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, we won't Not talk about bitter. stuff getting jacked. <laughs> Not that we're bitter. Oh, my goodness. So um, let's take a break. And after this, we're going to do a collective last thought with one of our yes. discussers. Find our podcast wherever it is you like to listen to your podcast shows. You can contact us directly by emailing us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Call us at 360-519-7836. Or you can reach us on SpeakPipe. And that is speakpipe.com slash demonsdiscuss. Now become a discusser. And how you do that is go to demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the little short form, name, email address, Fill out the code so we know you're not a spammer. Submit that and you'll be a discusser and we'll just get to discuss things. So do that. We embed a form on each and every one of the show notes so you can just fill that out too. That's an easy way to get a hold of us. And don't forget to visit our home base. That is demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing, you'll find there, including our giveaways, our blog posts on the characters, on places. See everywhere Angela goes because she makes some trips, let me tell you. And we can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you on the internet. Steven. Steven. <laughs> I keep forgetting that we got drunk and sang that down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in the zigzag part of the hall, too. So there was probably some service guy that was sitting in the, the mechanical the, room. The it room. Yeah. He was hiding in. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Stephen, if you're out there listening to us, just know that we were singing your Kesha song at the top of our lungs down the hallway at the Nopsy Hotel after... On the night of the absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> the night of the con, the night of the absinthe, and yeah, it, it was... Yeah. Yes, you were thought of. <laughs> It's a good song to sing when you're got a round in you. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, it was after the round and before the potato chips. Before yes. the potato chips. Oh, I don't think we ever told the audience about the potato chips. Oh, oh the potato oh. chip story is great. Okay, before gotta, we get, we'll tell the story and then we'll go into our collective last thought. Okay, okay, okay. So the story is we get back after going up to the rooftop bar and it was shut, and then we head back no into the hotel. Allowed. Right. And mind you, it's new. Orleans and it's like it was one o'clock. No, it's like what? one o'clock and it's closed. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. What, what, what was, was totally that about? So after we all run down the hall singing the Stephen song, we stumble into our hotel room. Jean decides she's going to take a lovely princess nap. We lost her. I am the top and I've been that way since I've been a toddler. I am the toddler that has like all the energy in the world until I don't. And then it's just like, yeah, <laughs> I am out like a light, like a computer that goes to sleep. 
<laughs> Although I will sometimes have conversations while I'm asleep, which are always you entertaining. Do. You could be like, you could be like, what is Galadriel smell like again? Yeah, and she'll push, she'll put her, she'll put her arm up, and her finger goes straight in the air. She's like, mint and sea salt, <laughs> and, then, and, then go back, and then go back to sleep. <laughs> that would be me. You're like, Jean, you're not awake. Go lay back down. Well, right. okay. so, shut up. Go to sleep. Shut up. Okay. So Angela, she decides to have the munchies all of a sudden, and um, and she's that, walking uh, back and lovely, <laughs> That lovely popcorn that Caroline brought us as a gift apparently wasn't good enough. No, we had no. no we had that too. We had that too. I discovered the yeah. next day. Yeah, we ate. <laughs> The voodoo chips. That was at Garrett's. That was that was at yes. Garrett's stuff from Chicago, right? Yes. It yes. Was. Um, oh my god! As hell. So Angela's searching in our mini bar. She's like, "There's no chips." Oh my god! There's no <laughs> chips. <laughs> they didn't restock this mini bar. Oh my god! And I'm like, um, but there it's were chips before. But you ate them. Yeah. And I, I turn around. I'm like, but you ate them. And I'm drunk too, right? I'm like, but you ate them, Angela. She's He's like, no, they're supposed to restock it. So she calls room service. She calls make room them restock service. the minibar at two o'clock in the morning. No, she just asked for the chips. She's like, oh, Lord. she calls. I'm she glad calls I was room- asleep. <laughs> she calls room service and she's like, yes, there are no chips in the minibar. Don't you guys restock this? <laughs> I mean, there was no sign of drunkness anywhere when she was talking. <laughs> it was she was a straightforward all business angela she's like yes i would like a bag please hung up the phone she's like they should be up here soon (laughs) and he was and i don't remember i mean i do remember wanting the chips i do remember eating the chips i do remember the guy who gave me the chips looked scared as hell (laughs) like (laughs) he handed her the one bag of chips here you are (laughs) ma'am i'm sorry So she got her chips. She ate that, and then uh, I don't remember very much after that. I think yeah, it's probably because you tweeted because you tweeted Wendy drunk tweeting Wendy on our account. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wasn't that, that that was in the hallway though? Because I was still awake for that. Because you guys were we were walking through the hallway trying to tweet Wendy because we were looking for Wendy to give her something. Well, I couldn't call her. She has a Canadian phone number, and her phone wasn't. She had yeah. it off. So yeah. So Angela's like tweet her. So I pick her <laughs> big account, <laughs> yeah, the one with the most followers, and I just tweet her. <laughs> Oh, God. That's good times. Good times. All right. So yes. that was and that's that what story. Mean, that's why you all need to come to a con, because it is fun. Well, and that's yes. why someone asked, should I stay at the hotel? I'm like, do uh, it. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do stay it. at the hotel. <laughs> Luke, I am your father. Come yes. to the dark side. <laughs> come to the dark side. Stay at the hotel. So let's get to Stephen's email, shall we? And oh, we'll yes. have a let's cl- collective. Of last thoughts. So all of that because we we have a Stephen email. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we did drive off the road there. People. Yeah, we a little bit. That. It was we're good. It was to, a good trip. You know what? We're going to have to take the station wagon to the car wash and get it cleaned off so mom and dad don't catch us. Eh, they're asleep. <laughs> So the email from Steven says names, 
parentheses, and titles are important. Hello again, demons. I've just finished your latest episode, the one with the Hague. At the end of this podcast, your comments reminded me of the surprise when I saw the subtitles on the Sky One teaser for Discovery Witches TV, reading Mr. Claremont, You're a Vampire. In the book version, the formal title for Matthew was Professor Claremont. It may be too that this is too subtle to use in the TV production. If this is the case, I won't be too hung up on the change. Parentheses, honest. One of my favorite scenes in a Discovery of Witches is between the confrontation between Diana and Peter Knox in the warden's room. Deborah clearly sets out the distinction between the terms Dr. Bishop and Mr. Knox, like the protocol of address in a political arena or in a debating society. At this stage in the story, Diana is using the university to hide from the outside world and her magical heritage. At the end of this particular scene, Diana finally resorts to magic by projecting silent thoughts to Mr. Knox. When she gets back to her rooms, Diana realizes some of the danger she is in and makes a call to Matthew for his help. As far as the casting for Isabeau, I'm keeping an open mind. I don't picture Isabeau as a young character when reading or listening. And I'm only reminded of this in the Book of Life when Diana apologizes for Isabeau's youthful appearance in The Woolsey by calling her my husband's stepmother. Mind you, I have always expressed preference for mature women. (laughs) Regards, (laughs) Stephen. (laughs) Oh, well, Stephen, um, might I just say that uh, Deb did acknowledge that Sky One took down that video with the subtitles because it was incorrect and uh, certainly the spelling of Claremont's last name. And um, yeah, because we checked IMDB. <laughs> we checked IMDB. Yes. It still said Claremont spelled the correct way. So that was taken down. Now there's some um, controversy, I guess we call it, around the fandom. Whether Teresa Palmer actually said Professor Claremont versus Mr. Claremont. And I think the general consensus was she was mouthing Professor Claremont. So I feel feel like they put out that video right quick before it was ready because they wanted to share something with the fandom and no one QC'd it. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I think, think they were just, pretty much they just decided, hey, let's send this out too. Yeah. I mean, he, hey, he is, is that right. video ready? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is right that it's subtle because you can't really tell whether I thought she said professor and the subtitle was wrong, but it is very subtle between Mr. and Professor. But still, that was a really good trailer. <laughs> All things considered, and even with the mistakes, it was a really nice trailer to have. Yeah, sprung it on and us. It still lives. It still lives on our YouTube channel. So, so mm-hmm. go yeah, check it out. I'll folks. put a link in the show notes, and uh, also check out our TV page because it's on there too. I'll put a link in the show notes for that as it's well. It's ever growing. It, it started mm-hmm. out as a post, and now it's just growing as we get more news. We just add on to it. Oh, and one one other um, last thought. Speaking of TV, is we got word that they're going back to Italy, and it looks like more. Domenico backstory. Yes. story. Castles and... Castles and Padua and crenellated towers and so much fun. Do you think they planned it or are they just going back to get some extra shots after editing it together? And I think just it's planned to- because it's a totally different area of Italy. Yeah. And they're, oh, also, right, using, right. they're also using, was it the Abbey? Yeah, there's you two, know, I'm going to have to put links in the show notes for yeah, that. There's two, two spots that they're filming and I think the other spot that they're talking about filming may be interior it sounds like it might be interiors for the congregation in place yeah. of the island. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Really 
bringing my hands together. When Ooh. when um, Maureen Lee from Entertainment Weekly visited the set the other day, she posted the, I don't know what you call the paper, but it says shoot day 34, episodes 3, 4, and 5. So that's definitely a plan if that's where they were. Yeah, right. if that's where they're going. They're, they're, yeah, God, I don't know. Are they going to get out? They, they may be going longer than February if they're still working on the second block. Right. Yeah. I think they're, you know, they're trying to get all the shots they, they need. And at the end, they're going to just edit it all together. So it's one cohesive thing. So, yeah. well, don't forget that they're shooting in different blocks because like episodes one and two had where JC Medina is directing them. Mm-hmm. And now right. Alice Troutman is doing block two. And I don't know if we've been told yet who's doing block three. Yeah. So, and from what Alice Troutman posted today, we have it on Instagram, but it's one of the grips in one of the, the night helmets and he's got yes. like a pike. So you can only yeah. imagine what they're filming. Yeah. It almost sounds like the, that almost sounds like you bit me. Right. Right. It's like the, one of the <laughs> prop uh, suits of armor in the great hall at Septours. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Well, thank you, Stephen. Thanks for writing us. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We get so nervous if we don't hear from you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, it worries us. I know. It's bad. I almost sent out that mm-hmm. SOS call. It's mm-hmm. almost as bad as making Dean sad. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't have anything else. You guys ready to say goodbye? I think so. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Demon kiss till next time. See you later. Mm